Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. This is the first episode recorded on the podcast tour, the Creative Waffle Podcast Tour, a UK tour. Um, we're going around the UK recording podcasts with amazing creatives. And uh, yeah, this is the first one. We ended up in London, or I ended up in London, uh, talking to uh, George Catralis, who's an Australian illustrator. Uh, really, really good chat, and uh, you'll enjoy it, hopefully. Uh, and if you want to go check out the video version, it's over on YouTube, and we've got a few more, um, hopefully better audio on this episode than uh, the usual episodes, because it's in person, and new podcasting equipment, got a Zoom mic, and brand new microphones and everything. So yeah, as, as the uh, tour goes on, hopefully the audio and all the editing will pick up, and be a bit better so yeah go and check it out uh, on youtube if you want to go and watch that or you can carry on listening to this uh, first of all before we get into the podcast i do want to say a few things about the uh, upcoming events so creative waffle event in november november the 15th up in london uh, yeah, come and have a look come and check it out only five pounds a ticket links down in the description below great night of, of speakers up in london uh, it's gonna be really really cool uh, you've got Dixon Baxter there, you've got uh, Ian Barnard, Tom Ross speaking, as well as myself, I'll be up there um, as well, obviously hosting the event, exciting, going to be the biggest night of my life, um, very, very, uh, very, very exciting night uh, coming over there, very nervous night for me as well, um, but yeah, it's not possible, uh, it's made possible, sorry, um, by awesome merchandise who have helped out with the podcast tour and who have helped out with the event as well, giving us money to go and um, buy new equipment and, and help. Uh, just take us around the UK and give us a bit of funding for the petrol and stuff. So yeah, go check them out as well. They'll be linked down in the description. Awesome merchandise. The best UK uh, merch supplier. So yeah, go and check them out. Go and check the Creative Waffle event out. Hopefully I'll see you there. And uh, yeah, share this around on social media if you like it. And let's get into the podcast. Cheers. Welcome to the podcast. The first one of the tour. Yes. Um, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Just bringing up the topics. Uh, I guess we'll start off with who you are and a bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is George Catralis. I am a designer slash illustrator from originally from Sydney, Australia, and I have been living in London now for going on nine years. Wow. Yeah. How, how's that been? How's, how's London? Man, London's treated me pretty good. Yeah. It's treated me pretty good. I um, definitely came here with an open mind, ready to just sort of face whatever was coming my way. I had no expectations no preconceived idea of what was ahead and yeah it was just sort of came with that attitude of like well whatever whatever it brings and um yeah it's, it's delivered in spades it, it's had its ups it's had its downs it's everything but as a whole it's been probably the best experience of my life without a doubt so why did you come to london what source uh, what made you come here um bit bit of a long story um with, with some sad elements and some good elements. So when I was uh, growing up, I grew up with a quite a traditional Greek family. And Greeks, Greek Australians as particularly, they have a plan for you and your plan is to be born, go to school, graduate, marry someone, have kids. And that's pretty much it. And I always thought there's got to be something more, yeah. something more in the middle. And when I was about uh, 16, my father passed away and that was this huge moment in, in my life, as you can imagine. But it just filled me with this sense of like, you have to achieve more because in a blink of an eye, it can be gone. Yeah. So when I was about 17, I started working at a food court in David Jones, a department store in Sydney, which is sort of like, sort of like Selfridges that we have here in London. 
It's quite a nice department store there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite an upmarket one. And everyone I worked with was like a British backpacker. Mm. And it, it was, and I was only a kid. I was like 16, 17. And everyone there was like 20. And they were traveling. Like, you can do this. Yeah. You can live somewhere else. And it was this real moment of clarity where I was like, I didn't know you could do that. I thought you just had to finish school and find someone, get married and have kids. Like I had no idea that there was this world there that was just ready to explore. And that sort of began the sort of thing of me going like, yeah, I've got to, I've got to get out there and just see what it was. And there was just that spark that just never, that never left. So I got to a point where I'm like, you know what, I've got to, I've got to do it and pack my bags, quit my job and here I am. Yeah. That's what's pretty impressive. It's a long ways come. Did you yeah. consider any other places before or not? No, no, no. London was it. And I think yeah. it was because of all those, those kids influences and, um, a few of the other people I was working with at the time were all, everyone was either a film student or an art student or doing music. And when you're young and that impressionable, mm. it's just all that stuff. Just, it just makes, it just matters so much more. And I was being introduced to music that I'd never heard of, of like the books of like Nick Hornby and guys like that. And everything I was sort of being introduced to came from England. Right. So, and these very much fast became my favorite things. So that it just sort of, it, it became like this holy grail of this place where like, oh God, like all this great stuff comes from there. And like, the, like a huge Beatles fan and just all, all this great stuff is here. So that, that was it. That was pretty much the thing that was like, yeah, I've got to go and just, just see what it's all about. And came over on a holiday and just was like, yeah, this is, this is great. Really felt at home. It's not too much different than Australia as well. Like the language, obviously the same Australian roots come from, from Britain. So, um, your flag is on our flag, you know, the, the similarities are quite endless. So, and when you come here, you, as an Aussie, you really do feel quite at home. So it was a pretty easy move. Like I, I didn't find it scary or, or anything. I just dived in head first and. Just, yeah. yeah, just sort of see what was on offer. Did, did anyone uh, pick up the accent straight away? Did, did you, like, obviously people notice it, obviously still notice it now? Yeah, I get told, though, that I'm sounding more British these days. Okay. So whenever I go back home, um, my Aussie friends pick on me for, for sounding <laughs> too British, and my family pick on me, and then, but when I'm here, um, everyone thinks I sound Australian, so, yeah. yeah. I think sound Australian. That's, <laughs> That's good. Quite, I don't want to lose it, but yeah. I think you pick up slang and phrases right. quite easily, so... Um, you know, just little things like instead of saying like it's half three instead of in Australia say like it's half past three. Just okay. little things that you don't even notice and they just sort of sink into your everyday vocabulary and so when you go to back home and you say something that's quite English, they go, Hey, what, what's that? <laughs> it's the English guys back. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, do you think that the traveling and that influence your style at all? Is it what influenced your work? I'm moving over to the UK. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely from just meeting people, I think has been the biggest, biggest influence. Um, Sydney didn't have, it does have now, but it didn't have when I lived there quite a bustling art scene. Um, Melbourne was more known for its um, arts and culture, where Sydney was a bit more, um, I don't know, we, they didn't have like licenses and things and art wasn't really encouraged. Like when I was in Sydney, I used to play in bands and it, you know there was it wasn't as many venues as there was in melbourne but since the time of leaving sydney seems to have grown this well from externally looking in 
it seems to have grown this culture and a lot of the artists that I follow now yeah. are Sydney based and um, all are Sydney originated and they've gone elsewhere but traveling has definitely opened my eyes to um, to art in many ways uh, like a few years ago me and my partner went to Mexico nice. and we were there for like the day of the dead and and just seeing all, all like the sort of skull stuff everywhere yeah, yeah and just that style of painting like i know when i came back um i was drawing a lot of skulls um like there's one there's one up up there yeah. so we can maybe show you later but it's just that you know so you sort of see something and then you, you give it a try and so there's yeah definitely traveling has influenced art a lot and being in london um, there's a really good artist community. Mm. There's a really good illustration community. Uh, I started getting involved with Post the Spy, who has a huge, huge following. And I was lucky enough to get involved with that quite early on. So that I think they only had a, like a couple of thousand followers back back then. And it was great because um, Jack, who runs it, is just a really proactive guy in the yeah. industry. And, uh, that one, yeah. yeah, he's a lovely guy. And, and he's not... He, he definitely doesn't come across like he's in it for any greed or any ulterior motives. So he, he generally likes bringing artists together. And yeah. through that, I've met many people, such, such as Matt, who you're doing your podcast with. And, you know, just in a way, like meeting Matt at an event and becoming friends then led to speaking to you and yeah. then me being on this podcast. So, yeah, traveling and it just, it does bring a lot. And when you're in that mindset of like myself, I, I came here on my own. So, I, you know, I didn't have a, a, a backup or, or anyone with me. You have to sort of put yourself out there to meet people, to talk to people, just to, you, you know, and if they like you or not, it's whatever you put out there. Mm. And so when I go to like post spy events or AMP events or, or whoever it is, and if I go on my own, it's that thing of like, you'll go up to someone, have a chat, Generally, you'll bond, you'll, you'll know each other through your work. Yeah. So, you know, you'll get some go, oh, hi, I'm George, you know, hi, I'm someone. And then, oh, what have I you guess. done? And then, yeah. you know, you show each other your work like, oh, God, I'm such a big <laughs> fan of your work. And, um, you know, you just get chatting like that. And um, most of the friends that I've met through illustration has been just from this, like, mutual admiration of yeah. like oh i saw that work of yours it was amazing and um yeah i saw that and it was great and, you know and you just sort of sit there complimenting each other for ages and um yeah it's it's a great way to meet people yeah exactly that's that's happened so many times to me at conferences and stuff i've, I've seen other people and and yeah you just you just don't know them and because they don't have their face as a, as a profile picture yeah like even illustrations of them or themselves or they've got a logo or something and you look at the work, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been a couple of times when we've been at um, events and I've got a mate, um, Bernie, who I've met at these events and we always sort of know each know each other from the picture. So it's kind of like, oh, you're Ryan Gosling and you're <laughs> Superman <laughs> and, you know, yeah. whoever your picture is, which is, yeah, it is quite funny. Oh, that's good, yeah. What, what sort of uh, events are around here for illustration, illustrators and um, is there many, as much in London that you go to? Yeah, um, I've become a member of the uh, Association of Illustrators, and they've always got events going on. Oh. Um, so yeah, they've always they've always got sort of doodles going on and talks. Um, Apple do some pretty good ones as well. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So I've gone to uh, quite a few at the Apple Store in Regent Street. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. And they've had a few talks with um, various artists, and that's pretty cool. Like, I met, um, um, I'm pretty sure you pronounce his name Doily. Okay, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry if I said it wrong because he's a really good bloke and we've become friends. Um, but his name is spelled really weird, so I think it's Doily. But I met him doing a talk, and it was really great because I was a fan of his work before. Yeah. Um, before I saw him. And what I what drew me to his talk was when you look back at his work retrospectively, he and I sort of had similar beginnings as in he was doing very vector-based stuff, which is what I sort of originally was doing and then progressed on to sort of doing things in Photoshop with a tablet, which is what I've done as well. So hearing his talk was really good. And, you know, it was one of those kind of nice moments where I was at the Apple store and just watching him do his talk and then... I emailed him actually because I'm one of those pesky people who's not afraid to sort of drop someone an email and say oh hi I really love you yeah. so I did that to him and he goes oh look come, come early and have a chat so I did and saw him do his talk and then afterwards ended up having dinner with him and a couple of other guys and just chatting about art and design and um, sort of everyone's journey and like i I'm still really relatively new in this industry, so it was really cool for me to sit there with some guys, like a whole group of table of people who were at various levels of professionalism and to just hear the journey and their stories and mm. sort of hear a few things that weren't shared in in talk um, to the public. And it, yeah, it was really good and it's quite uplifting. And the one thing I have noticed from all these things, because AMP do their... Um, events as well and there's always gallery showings and illustration things and everyone you meet is just really nice yeah and yeah. that's the one thing i found because i've been a graphic designer for 15 years and i've only in the last three sort of gone back to illustration and wanting to do that more and i can tell you like you meet some graphic designers and there's some real cattiness and real protectiveness <laughs> of the thing but then you meet illustrators and there's just this mutual admiration for each other because yeah, no one's work is the same. You know, like I, if you gave, you, you can see if when posters by do a brief that there's thousands of entries and there's not one that looks identical to the next. Yeah. And I think because of that, no one is sort of threatened by anyone else or no one is taken back by anyone else. So everyone's just friends and really encouraging. And if anything is influenced by each other, yeah. And um, and I've really I've really liked that the most about going to all the events is you just meet these great people, and all they want to do is just sort of lift you up. Yeah. And it's really nice. It's really it's really refreshing. Well, that's exactly what um, I make sure my friend Matt Ruff is trying to do with with uh, having building a community, doing these doodle clubs and stuff like that. It's, it, we talked about it in the, in the car the other day. It's having uh, people that you can help each other with uh, people can help each other and uh, people can like you say lift each other up and support each other and give each other feedback and I know just sitting there in the world I'm, I'm building and um, the f I do a lot of football illustrations with uh, and talk to a lot of football illustrators as well and they um, yeah they're always always really supportive of each other they're always like oh, I really love that work and it looks exactly like that player and well done and congratulations on this award and no one's ever having a go at each other but then yeah I, I agree that in the design world I think there's a bit more yeah. a bit more like aggressiveness towards each other more competitiveness yeah because i mean ultimately with design like as as much as it is artistic it the way the the programs are these days right. a lot of it has come down to technique and um 
you know, like um, as an example, if you're a freelance designer and you're sick or you go on holiday, you will be replaced by another mm. freelance designer yeah, and they will seamlessly jump into the role and, and yeah. do things by the client's specs and, and, and you won't even notice, like you wouldn't be able to look at it, um, an ad for like head and shoulders or something and go, well, that's George and you know, that's Mark. So like, it'll yeah. be this exactly the same because that's sort of the nature of it. Whereas if you went to an exhibition and you saw an illustration of mine next to an illustration of yours next to an illustration of Matt's, you'd be able to tell it like that's Mark's style, that's George's style, that's Matt's style. And, and I think that's the best thing. And the other thing is like life's way too short to be <laughs> like rude to people. So yeah. we, we, should, we should be living in this world where we lift each other up. And, and, and that is what I've loved most about the illustration world. Like I know when I started design, like, you know, when I was younger in my early twenties and you know, your skills aren't quite there yet. And you do get a lot of, uh, is this really what you want to do? Uh, are you yeah. sure about this? But in illustration, I've, you know, reached out to lots of people and, um, sent my work to lots of people and not one person has come back and gone, oh yeah look mate don't quit your day job boys this really yeah. like everyone yeah. has been like wow that's great like really like what you're doing keep it up and that's, that's the difference it's an industry that makes you want to keep on doing it yeah yeah that's uh that's good yeah that's good did you, did you get that in design then you had that when you when you sent design stuff out did you people the negativity yeah, yeah 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 absolutely because wow. everyone right. thinks they're a designer yeah and in this day and age when anyone can download it um or get it on adobe cloud or whatever it is it's you know you get so many people who really think that they know best and right. and clients in big agencies have been given that power as well because they're paying the money mm. and they and um okay like i'll give you a perfect example i was um working in an advertising agency in in soho some years back quite quite a big one and we worked for quite a prominent client um which I won't mention names, but a client you would you would all know, <laughs> and they had they used to have this um, hashtag at the bottom of their their poster. So we were doing a a Christmas poster for them, yeah. and the graphic was a exploding bauble. Yeah, and we did a whole bunch in various colours, and one of the particular colour this one was purple. So it was a, this big purple explosion of glitter, and at the bottom they had their their hashtag, which we always did in white with um, a little bit of a drop shadow of the same color that was behind it. At 5.30 on a Friday, yeah. the CEO of this company rings up and says, I want to see that hashtag in purple. <laughs> right. And we were like, look, you, that's a really bad idea because you're not going to be able to read purple text on a purple background. <laughs> and he didn't listen to me so he wanted to speak to the creative director who told him the same thing and he was so adamant that he wanted to see it so we had to drop pens at 5.30 on a Friday when you know beers were calling and <laughs> do do this creative where we changed the this white hashtag to be purple on a purple yeah. background and sent it to him just so he could be like oh yeah you were right and <laughs> I mean, that's sort of the difference with design versus illustration. I think designs become like a tool, right? You know, like if you, um, 
you know, someone comes in and paints your house or something, you, you know, you're going to, you're going to say, I want it this color. I want it that. And I think design sort of gone that way. Whereas illustration is still, still seen as a skill. Mm. And I think people, even though a lot of it has gone digital, I think people still have this respect that it's a one-off piece of artwork. And I've found um, from a few people, like apart from a couple of amends or it's generally, people are generally pretty cool and respectful of like, yeah, this is going to be a one-off creation. And they also have this respect that they're asking you to do it because they want your work. Yeah. And um, I think that's the difference. Like you could go to an agency and one of 10 designers could do the same kind of thing. Whereas if you want a, an, an illustration of a certain style, you're, you're going to seek out the person who yeah, does yeah. that style the best, not someone who's going to do a knockoff version of it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the difference. But yeah, that's probably because people can't people can't do that illustration style. So I couldn't do your style at all. So that's so it's a lot harder to replicate it. Whereas if design is literally changing your color, it is it is moving stuff around mm. on a page. Yeah, you probably got an eye for design. You probably got an eye for space and negativity and um, negative space and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot harder to to replicate illustrations and people's styles. Yeah, it absolutely is. And like you got. Um especially when doing film posters, I think um, a lot of people have this idea of, of the old Drew Struzan kind of um, old school film posters, like the all the 80s films. And, you know, I think people want want that when they think of an old film poster. And that's not my style at all. Like, I, I've tried to do that and I tip my hat to anyone who can. Yeah. I, 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 that's not my style in the slightest. So someone came up to me and said, can you do that? They wouldn't be getting that. And yeah. I think... I would never get approached to do something like that because that's just not my style. Whereas a lot of um, my friends and peers, they can do that and do that really well. So I think people would know like, oh, this this guy or this girl do it and this guy doesn't. Do you, do you think that's where the respect comes from? Uh, because you, people can't do all people's styles. Whereas in design, it's, it's been more competitive because you can do everyone else. Everyone else can do everyone else's work. Yeah. Sense, yeah. No, I do. Absolutely. Like I um, marvel at um, like Freya who you've interviewed yeah, before Betts, yeah. she's absolutely an incredible talent yeah. and I couldn't even begin to do her style of art because it's so beautiful it's so unique and it's 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 just so delicate and realistic and and you know mine is more like comic booky you know big thick black lines and you know you'll still get an interpretation of whoever you're drawing mm. but if you want some like beautiful realistic portrait like she's the person to see yeah, yeah. Um, whereas if you want a more comic-y style of it then I'm the person to see it. and I think that's where that respect comes from and and I know with um, talking to her for example and many others when you go up and tell them oh god that piece of work's amazing it, it's never met with this arrogance of like yeah mm. no it's it's like it's like <laughs> I'll be pretty funny it, if she tells them, yeah I know it is yeah <laughs> but it's always met with this um this humbleness yeah and that's yeah. just across the board like every yeah. single person is like wow you you like that yeah. <laughs> thank you very much and it's probably because we're all each other's we're all our own worst critics so when someone comes to you and says i really like what you did it's like oh god okay thanks yeah appreciate yeah. it yeah that's uh yeah that's funny but <laughs> i can just imagine i could never imagine freya turning around and saying yeah that's, that's, that's <laughs> nice, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah she hot <laughs> Uh, so you came over to the UK, what sort of age were you? 
I was 28. 28. Okay, so have you always been illustration, always been drawing? or? Yeah, yeah, since a young age. Um, child of the 80s, so I think anyone of my age group who was into illustrations probably all got into it the same way, and that was probably from Saturday cartoons. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I as a, a huge Spider-Man fan my entire life, and I had a, a VHS, which I still have, that my mum used to take the old Spider-Man and Spider-Woman nice. cartoons from the morning, the old 80s ones. Nice. And so that was sort of the the origins, but uh, for me, the big the big turning point was in 1990 slash 1991 was when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Simpsons made their way on Australian television. And I was about seven, seven, eight years old. And that, they were the, that was sort of that time as all, cause also at that age or bit before you're learning how to read. So you sort of get an idea of words and story and, and you know, how to form a story. So I think they were the first, cartoons that I watched where there was a story and I got the story and I and I understood the beginning middle and end and I could and uh, I remember as a kid just always babbling on to my auntie about the Ninja Turtles and you know (laughs) what was going on and you had the action figures and but there was um there was a boy in my class who was a good drawer and he used to draw Bart Simpson I remember one day just looking over his shoulder and drawing it as well and um that was sort of the beginnings of it. And the Simpsons, especially the early days, was quite quite crude drawing. So you could, as a kid, draw it yeah. quite easily. Like it's a bit more refined now, but back at the beginning, it was it was really rough. And that was it. I think it was just sort of like drawing Bart Simpson. And then um, I, I really got into Mad Magazine. My, my parents owned a news agency when I was a kid. So I used to take, you know, Mad Magazines home with me and... Nice. Um, there was a magazine called Disney Adventures in Australia, which I used to take as well. And, and I would just spend all day just drawing. And um, what my mum did, which was quite, quite clever, and, and it's something I've done again sort of in more recent years, was she used to see I was trying to draw it. And Mad Magazine is quite detailed. So what she did was she gave me a piece of, used to give me like baking paper okay. to trace, to trace oh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was only about eight years old, but... It, it really sort of was the beginnings of developing the, those fine motor skills and that attention to detail of like the expressions on a person's face if they're yeah. smiling, what the lines do and this, that and the other. And, um, you know, from there I was able to start drawing on my own. And, and you know, it's just those little things that a, a parent does that just goes, oh yeah, here, try this, that you don't know is going to lead on to, to something else. And, um, I, I sort of revisited that method a few years ago because I went digital. I got a, a Wacom Cintiq and I was originally sort of struggling to draw on it because it, it's a new sort of thing. It's a tablet as opposed to a piece of paper. And so what what I did was to, in, in the beginnings, I just went back to that exact method. I'd get just pictures mm. of, of people or, or cartoons and I actually would just trace over them. Yeah, I'm doing it now. Just, I'm trying to do it. Yeah, yeah just to... to get that fine motor skills back yeah. of like, well, I'm drawing on a new device. It's, you know, it's a bit more of a slippery surface. I've got to get used to it. But it really helps. And and it was just, I found it amazing that, you know, I was uh, in my 30s and I went back to a technique that my mum showed me yeah, when I was seven. It's good that you know, the parents are so encouraging about that as well. Like, yeah. They try and get you to be a bit more creative because I don't think I really had that. I don't think I had trying to push me to be creative maybe they maybe they sort of buy supplies if I ask for it and that like, but I don't, think, I don't remember them ever doing it with me I was I was really lucky in terms of that both my parents mm. are really encouraging um, right. 
my, my dad wasn't particularly creative, but I think he really admired that I was. Um, he was really into his music and stuff, so he had he had a an appreciation for creative things. But he used like he enrolled me into um, cartoon school when I was wow. eleven or twelve, and I think he knew the guy who ran it, or he was yeah. fr- friends with the guy's brother or something like that. So I was this. 11 12 year old kids sort of rolling with these people who were teenagers and in their 20s like i had no right being there at all but just due to i think dad knowing someone but again my work was nowhere to the level that these guys were at um but it was such a cool thing that they went they recognized i had this this talent and um you know like a, a lot of a lot of greek parents really push their kids to do like law or medicine and accounting and this that and the other and my parents were quite the opposite actually they were like well this is his thing he he likes to do it and nice. really encouraged it and um yeah i'm really grateful for that that's really cool that's, that's really good that they did that because uh yeah you see that with a lot of i don't know, I don't know sort of asian sort of style families as well you, you're always trying to do that and then you get the people that break off and are mm. creative they also seem like the creative rebels of the family yeah yeah that's always quite funny it is funny because like, i always say say to my mum it's like creativity sort of began in Greece it's like the play yeah, all the yeah, old yeah. playwrights the drama the yeah, art I never thought about it that. all kind of you know we were actually as as a people quite an artistic creative people like even um, the idea of mythology mm. you know that all the gods came from stories that people told and so it always baffled me how you know many thousands of years later we've turned into this like you must be doctors and yeah, solicitors yeah. it's like well we, we were artists back in the day so it's strange we should keep yeah. that up do you think back then they still had problems with like earning money <laughs> yeah they probably did <laughs> all shaped like greek gods but they got <laughs> problems yeah money. yeah uh, that's another question i think were they all shaped like all six packs and all massive muscle men because it looks like from all the statues we see they must be well i think the the um the the story behind those statues is i, I learned this in history class was they used to um, the heads were separate from the bodies. Ah. So they so the guys who used to carve the the marbles would have a whole array of bodies. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you were getting your sculpture done, you would pick the body you wanted. Wow. And they would carve your head. Okay. So yeah. So if you were like a portly guy, you'd you'd go yeah, I want that six pack over <laughs> there and that warrior physique and yeah. So I think that's sort of um, yeah. how how it went. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny. I know that. Um, we're, so we're drawing. You're drawing all the time. Uh, coming through watching Spider-Man cartoons. Yeah, that's, that's something that influenced me a lot as a kid. Is cartoons. I always remember drawing um, Mario Kart. Yeah. One of my first games ever had Mario Kart on the, on the Nintendo DS back then. Got it on Wii now, but upgraded. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but this it's, it's Mario. Those sort of cartoons, Simpsons, and you didn't realize how sort of dark the Simpsons is until you watch it now or when you watch it a bit. Old, when you're a bit older on yeah uh, it's got like dark humor yeah the simpsons um when i was growing up which was like bearing in mind the like the first few seasons they had some great storylines yeah um that you can still watch now i always remember the first episode was it uh homer at christmas trying to get the uh, trying to get enough money to buy barton leads for a dog yeah and eventually wins it during uh is it dog racing well he goes to become santa claus and get a, uh, yeah. a christmas bonus which he doesn't which he doesn't yeah. get or it's not very much money and yeah they go he goes to i think he goes to put money on the greyhound to double his money loses but then they get the dog um but they they had some great storylines back yeah. in the day like the the first 
probably 10 seasons were like it, it's not I don't think it's sort of carried on unfortunately but that first couple of seasons had some amazing episodes in terms of writing and when like I said when you're a kid and and you're learning to read at school and you're you're starting to develop that idea of a story I think you appreciate things like that like a lot of the adult humor completely went over, over yeah. your head as a kid but you sort of you can piece the story together and it was there it was a really good thing in terms of drawing and and making your own comics that you can sort of combine the two mm. and along with cartoons you've obviously got a lot of records you've got some Beatles posters and pictures yeah. over there um, Beatles is, is fantastic yes start off <laughs> uh, have you been to Liverpool many seen, times yeah, yeah many many times yes. the cavern There's, I've played the at the cavern no way yeah so you're a musician as well I used to be, wow. yeah, I used to play in bands back in the day uh, with my friends back home and it was great. It was another life. Yeah. Don't, don't really do that anymore. But yeah, I've, yeah, I've played the cavern, which Tell was... Me uh, Tell me about the cavern. Um, you know what? It was a complete accident. I was there for a friend's birthday um, some years ago and um, this is before, like I, I live here now on a Greek passport. When I first moved here, I was on a visa. On a, and my visa was running up, so I'll, and I didn't have the passport yet, so I thought my time in the UK was sort of coming to an end. And I was in the cavern with some friends, and um, there was a band playing, and just sort of one of those whims. I was like, oh, you know what? Before I before I leave, I would love to play like one song on that stage. And no sooner had that said, the band was like, if anyone would like to join us up for a song, oh, wow. and it was one That's of those amazing. just I ran right up. That's amazing. And um, they we played twist and shout and it was just uh, one of those moments i walked off and um i was actually shaking and i'm not a nervous guy and i don't get nervous at all and i wasn't nervous doing it but it was one of those things where i walked i was like oh god i've just played yeah cavern like <laughs> i was such a i'm such a nerd for the beatles and it was like oh god i can't believe i've just played on this stage that was made famous by these these guys that i've admired and yeah it was really good fun but there's there's a band there every Saturday and you anyone can get up. Like I didn't know this at the time. I found this out out later in the night. But yeah, every Saturday night they got their house band and anyone there can get up and mm. sing or play drums, play whatever whatever you do. You can just get up and join them. Yeah, and it's great. It's so much fun. It's a really like party atmosphere. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a place you just gonna have a drink as well. If you know all the yeah. songs, it's such a good time. It's yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> took me down a bit of a bit of a thing. Um, Music and uh, record covers. I was going to ask you about how is that influence your, your work or obviously your life. You're looking for record covers, mm. and, and on Spotify even these days, you, you, I'm always interested in what the album artwork is. How does that um, sort of influence your work at all? Yeah, I think music's been the biggest influence in my life more than anything else. To be honest, um, I was yeah grew up with more. Well, my dad was a big Bob Dylan fan, so that was sort of nice. the biggest thing. And um, when you're sort of a visual kid um f for me listening to those lyrics always used to put an image in my head of kind of what what i imagined which i'm sure a lot of happens for a lot of people yeah but his his lyrics are particularly so poetic that it just it just can sort of do anything and i really yeah i was really getting into music and just buying records and and things like that and various books that had best album covers and when i was at uni as well i was just you know, there was, a, I think there was a secondhand record shop right next to uni and I, all, all my money was just spent there and, <laughs> and, um, 
but the covers were great it, yeah. you know you just saw so many influential artists doing things and um i find i find it really sad because i think um i think it's starting to come back like there's this great vinyl revival which yep. which is coming back which is great because you're starting to see a lot more care put into it but there was a period there in the mid mid 2000s where a lot of things went digital so you know the covers were like this big on a screen and yeah. when you opened yeah, the original iPods is yeah <laughs> tiny covers because yeah. I, I used to get not just for the covers but for the booklet as well because mm. back in the day they used to put a lot of care into the booklet and you would have you know it would be like a piece of design where then it went to a point where it was just just the lyrics printed in there and they did get a bit a bit samey and a bit boring but I, it's really coming back now but I think like the gorillas ones like oh, that that yeah. was such a groundbreaking thing in terms of music and art and just merging the two together yeah. and um even bands like not, not that i'm a huge fan but like bands like coldplay even just they sort of mix this art in with their music and you know i just i just love it when these things sort of go hand in hand mm. and yeah so records music has definitely been huge influence you know what I find the best ones I think Madness have some fantastic covers mm. really like Madness ones um, but yeah even if you look at well, I was really inspired by uh, sort of blues tones sort of and jazz um, covers from sort of 70s and 60s it was really really cool just, just nice graphic design layouts you've seen they, they've gone to graphic design to have it done and yeah. it's all handmade oh, it's, it's so nice to have a physical copy of that as well when you look at like the original Sex Pistols ones like yeah. Um, I think the fellow's name was Jamie Reed. It's like just that typography, which now has become synonymous with punk. Yeah. And you yeah. do that that mismatched kind of like ransom note kind of typography, and you just think, yeah, punk. It's just it's just become one in the same. And like I even love I love the um, first three Oasis album covers yeah. as well because. They just sort of chucked everything on there. Like you're looking at it, and they're sitting in a living room holding a globe, and there's a picture of, um, like, is it George Best in the corner? Like, and you're like, they've kind of chucked all the things they love, and they've just, you know, and, and it was a real throwback to, like, the Beatles ones with Sgt. Pepper and Abbey Road, where there's just like little references mm. scattered throughout, and yeah, I love that. I love that kind of thing. It's funny when you when you have to look at a design twice or look at a cover twice and you do notice different things. I think that's probably the, that's why I love design. You, you know, not not just glancing at something and seeing a message, but having to look more than just once at it. It's, it's quite like when it's more in depth than just a glance. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's really powerful and yeah, like you say, remember it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Uh, but you've been working. It was you say you've been working with an Australian band. Yes, um, that was a recent thing. So there's an Australian band called the Delta Rigs who I met here in London in 2014. I, I'd, I'd honestly, I'd never heard of them before. And um, I think they sort of started doing things after I'd left. And there was, um, every year there's a little Aussie, mini Aussie festival in East London. Nice. And I went along and a mate sort of tipped me off and he goes, oh, you should check out this band, the Delta Rigs. I was like, yeah, all right. So I went along and they just blew my mind. The the, the live show was just insane. Yeah. And um, they have this really, like, they've since gone a bit more electronic, but that in that era, they were just had this really dirty blues rock 
thing and they looked the part as well and so it was one of those things where you weren't just sitting there watching or listening to music but you you were watching a rock show um of just like four boys from sydney i think they were and just just like you felt like it threw back to the 70s and i um got to meet them afterwards and and the beauty of when aussie bands come over here is like back home i play in these huge venues but here no one knows them so they play mm. these small venues so you get the chance to say hi and have a chat and um just sort of stayed in contact with them and this year they're coming back to to europe and to the uk they're playing next month in king's cross and i just got in touch with the bass player and i was like oh, i'd love the opportunity to do a poster for you and he was like yeah that, that'd be great we're, yeah we'd, you know um here's a picture of us go go nuts and it was just this kind of open brief and um what what i really loved about about doing it was um it was the first it was the first sort of official thing i'd done for a band which which in itself was amazing it was a lot of fun but i really had to think like to think about it like I, i'm very used to like if i do my own things i'll just do what's what's in my head and if it comes out or not it, it is what it is but this was a case of like i'm actually dealing with someone else's image mm. or someone else's style property so it was that it was that thing of like keeping in true to myself but keeping in true to them as well and it was the first time i'd done design where i went through quite a lot of of attempts before I got where I was going like I had this idea because they're a bit they're a bit modern retro okay. in a way and um, so I really went down this retro route and had this idea and this color palette that I wanted to go down and it just wasn't working and I I'm very much like I don't like to show my stuff if it's not working and it just it wasn't working and it's something that I, I wouldn't have been happy presenting to them but I didn't have much time, so I was like really kind of going, oh God, you know, what can I do? And then I thought, well, they're really, they're really modern boys. Like they, they, they dress modern, they, they are really current, but their music's really kind of retro and they've got this real retro aesthetic. So I started researching 80s gig posters and I came across this one that was just like, it was like the 80s that just vomited all over it. It was like neon pinks and blues and like all this stuff. But it was it was perfect. So I just used that sort of that kind of color palette um, of the, the neon pinks and the neon blues and, and like the, the outer glows and, and this kind of that. And it just kind of worked because uh, it was going to be square format for online stuff. And it just really worked. So I had this drawing that I did of them based on the picture that they gave me. And um, I drew this kind of skyline of all the cities that they were going to. So London was combined with Berlin, combined nice. with Hamburg and so on. And But then I just, it just like the, once the color palette sort of came into play, it just tied it in together really well. And it, it kind of gave it that retro slash modern aesthetic that they've got and well and what was the nicest part is when when i sent it to them they were just like oh that's rad we love it and i was like great uh, happy days yeah. like you know because they didn't turn around and be like, oh mate that's that's rubbish like <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for trying like yeah. it was 
you know, it's on their website, it's on their um, social medias and everything. And it's just, it just feels really cool to be, to be a part of it, to, yeah. you know, um, to be part of something that they're doing, to be like, oh, I've got, you know, it might be a small thing, but I've, I've got a little stamp in to something that I, that I admire. That, that's exactly how I feel with uh, doing football clubs, club work, as in as combining two things I love, right? And it's football and design. And uh, yeah, you must have felt that the same. Like, you obviously love music, you love illustrations, and combining those two. Is that something you're looking to do more of? Are you, are you trying to go down that route? Or yeah, you... that would be my ideal. Yeah. I'd like to do more music stuff. So, any bands out there, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. get in touch. There's um, my favourite band ever, we're in London. Uh, are coming to London next month, but the singer was here, and he mentioned something to me about potentially doing something. So hopefully, fingers crossed we'll that, that, that could happen because they are my favorite band ever. So but I say they are or not? Oh yeah, they're called UMI. UMI, and yeah. um, I was like fortunate enough to know them a little bit back in there. I got got to know them because like I'm just a pest. I'm just like <laughs> we'll, we'll introduce myself to anyone. Thanks. Um, good and fortunate enough to have drinks with them the other day and the singer Tim was like he goes George are you doing design I was like yeah yeah he goes oh I'll, you know if you want to do something for us and I was like oh is this a a real offer or is he just being <laughs> yeah. polite so uh, yeah hopefully that's, like, so that's cool. not an official offer but I'll, I will definitely something I'll definitely follow up on to nice. be like oh yeah I'd love to do something because that, that would be the dream that would be I'd retire after that actually I'd be like I can't do anything <laughs> mic drop, yeah, yeah if, uh, unless Paul McCartney asked me to do something I don't think yeah, it'd yeah. be topped that's, that's pretty big isn't it wouldn't it when, like having Paul McCartney do something that would be pretty big yeah. maybe if there was like a, like a Beatles they do they do a lot of those, those compilation albums don't they but maybe if they did another one and you got to do that maybe that would be like top that, that would be pretty <laughs> pretty awesome <laughs> Do you, do you have a list of dream jobs? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. I'd, um, I really want to do designs for, I, I really love the designs for beer, of okay. beer um, yeah. labels and beer cans. Um, Young Henry's is a company in Australia who um, have sort of come about in the last few years and they're really, they're really quite, um, they really inspire music, they really inspire art and, and rugby league. I'm a big rugby league okay. fan. so. Um, they're involved with all that kind of stuff and their their cans are just absolutely amazing. I think they really take art to a to a new level and, and have combined it really well. So I would love to do like a beer can design. Mm. I've I've actually submitted some work to a thing called um Collective Brew. Nice. Which, I've um, seen them, yeah. Yeah, so I've submitted some work to that as because like, I think they do a competition um or a, an artist submission to feature on on beer cans and stuff so I submitted some work to them for their latest one so like that would be an absolute dream job and yeah. um, another one I'd love to do is there's, um, there's a company in Oz called Mambo which is a, a clothing company clothes I wore as a kid and um, but they just have some of my favourite artists working for them and it's very like um, surf brand kind of style but it, the people that they have doing their illustrations like from the very beginnings to now are just some of the most talented people so yeah. for, for me I always um, my dream jobs are always sort of based on who, who I can be associated with so yeah. it'd be like if I got to ever do anything for, for Mambo it's just to be associated with like to be in the same company with the guys that they currently have Yeah, because yeah. they're just so talented 
and to sort of know you're at that level would be would be amazing it's the same with the beer stuff and even with the band stuff to know that oh, this band likes what you do yeah that'd be cool wouldn't it yeah it's great <laughs> yeah and sort of uh, sort of it, well it must get you new work as well if, you, if you've done something for the Beatles or I don't know that's a bit big but if you've done something for like say your Australian band and then other Australian bands might look at that and then pick it up as well surely yeah yeah I think so and do you know what I've found is um in this day and age of the internet, it's really easy to get things in front of people. Right. And, um, you know, more so than it probably would have been before. So I've had um, experiences where I've just felt like drawing someone and I've done it and I'll chuck it up on Instagram and you tag them in it. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they've seen it. And like I had a really cool moment um, not long ago where I did this drawing of Clerks, the film Clerks. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. And um, I'd definitely say Kevin Smith has been a massive influence in terms of um, story. Good. Like, I think he's one of these guys that, who, who, again, promotes, like, lifting people up. And um, so I did this thing of Clerks and I just chucked it on Twitter and my phone, my pocket buzzed and Kevin Smith has liked it. Amazing. And... It was just like this weird thing. I was like, here's this guy whose movies I saw when I was 14 and and still watch them now, yeah. who's on the other side of the world who probably was just waking up and saw this notification, saw something and went, oh, I like that. And I was like, God, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Because like, if you took me back to when I was 14, that would ne- you didn't have that opportunity. Mm. So I find this... Um, you know, Instagram and Twitter and all this stuff is for an artist is is amazing. Well, it's, it's a lot of artists and illustrators have um, just their Instagram as their portfolio these days. Yeah, they have their website. Uh, so now with the business feature on Instagram, you can you can have your email and phone number on it. So very handy. Um, but you, do you think that's obviously yeah, it's, it's good to have a portfolio? You need a portfolio. Uh, but do you like just putting stuff because I've done a lot of stuff like for football clubs and that where I've just put it out there I tagged them and might have liked it but it's never really got me anywhere do you think sending like, trying to find someone at the club or trying to I don't know trying to get a bit deeper into the into the club how, how would I get it in front of someone that needs to look at it to hire me Man, I, I I think you should and I promote that big time like I've already said I'm I'm not someone who's afraid to put myself yeah in in positions where I can meet people because I think I think for me, like like I said, from from su- such an early age with with my dad and stuff, like I just learned that life is really really bloody short. Yeah. And you're gonna like you don't want to you don't want to be sitting there one day when when you're on your deathbed and go, oh, these are all the things I didn't do. You'd rather regret the things you did do. You know, I suppose whether yeah, it be no, traveling or talking to a girl, whatever whatever your thing is, and and I think it's the same when it comes to to your art. Like if you're if you do something, you will know in yourself if it's good or not. Like, um, for all the art I've put out there, there's a million that I haven't because I'll do it and I'm like, oh, that's just absolutely rubbish and, and no one needs to see it. But if you've done something and you're, you're confident with it and you think it's going to do something, the only, the only person you're reaching out to is another human being. Mm. You know, it's not... Anyway, and every single one of us, be it the CEO of a football club or the front the front man, front woman of a rock band, whatever it is, we're all we all came from the same 
same beginnings and we're all going to end up in the same place as well (laughs) and you know i think you should you should do it and um chuck it on instagram chuck them on twitter put it out put it out there in the world and just see what happens and you know if you you email someone the worst they're going to do is not reply yeah or the the worst they'll do is say no like i had um some Um, to be fair i think a no is better than not replying because you don't know if they don't reply yeah actually yeah i had um somewhere i've emailed um bands and said oh can i do this for you and if if i haven't gotten a reply i will write to them again um not like the next day like i'll give it like a a week or two and and not in a like hey what in your reply but just in a i don't know if you saw my last message um and sort of put the owners back and say if you're not interested that like you know that's cool um you know no dramas and then they'll generally write back and go oh no it's not for us at the moment or we've already done our artwork or whatever it is but there's no harm in trying because for everyone no you're going to get a yes Mm. and like i said if i did an email the delta eggs and be like oh can i do your tour art it i wouldn't have got the opportunity and that was something they said yes to so you just got to try it's like opening doors isn't it it's it's such an important thing and it's helped me in life if i hadn't emailed this person or that person i wouldn't got that podcast or i wouldn't be in this opportunity i wouldn't be speaking to these people and i think um it's definitely hard when you're when you're young to creative and you know maybe not 100 percent confident in your work or yeah you're uh a bit scared of having the no how'd you get over that have you ever experienced that and how'd you get over it um no i've i got pretty thick thick skin yeah. in regards to that if someone's um, with, with, with like quite confident people i mean you so it's, it's hard to explain it to someone that's not but yeah i don't um if someone if someone's rude like i i I don't have any tolerance for people being rude. So if anyone's rude just for the sake of it mm. or or being nasty, then uh, I won't say it hurts my feelings, but I'll I'll definitely be upset by it or yeah. annoyed. And I might <laughs> have been known to tell them. But um, generally, if if there's a no, there's a there's a reason, and it's just sort of like looking for like I'll generally follow up with a kind of a can you give me a reason as as to why not? What can I improve on? And a lot of people actually will will be very nice and be mm-hmm. like, oh, we're not um, looking for illustrations at the moment. We're going to go down a more photography route or uh, look, this is great, but we've already done it. Like they'll mm-hmm. give you kind of, most people will give you a reason as to why not. It's not just a, nah, mate, get like, get out of here. It's, um, <laughs> you know, there will, there will be a reason. And I think most people are quite nice enough if you ask them and just say like, what can I do to improve or what can I do to get this next time? They'll, they'll generally tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's good. I just reach out to people. Just, just, I think my, my thing is just get your message out to everyone to get your workouts as many people as possible. Like, um, I don't know, but the best way of doing it, I think it's just emailing because I've spent so much money on self promo bits and yeah. uh, like brochures and stuff. I sent them out to football clubs, but no one really cared about it. I don't know if it's because of the work's not good enough. I need to, need to start messaging people and seeing what happens and why why it wasn't good enough but um maybe i did it at the wrong time but yeah i mean there's a i remember when i was uh 19 there was um there's a company in in sydney called love police and they used to do well they still do um they used to have a monopoly on all the gig posters and okay. t-shirts and stuff for like all the aussie bands and all the big touring bands and the festivals and that was a 
dream job for me. And back back then, you could sort of find out from just looking up the white pages or the yellow pages um, where, where they were. So I just went to their office, mm. knocked on the door with a portfolio. And um, I think they probably just opened the door and was like, who, who the hell is this <laughs> scruffy little kid? And um, But it's just that thing when you're that age, you're just so full of confidence and the world's in front of you. And they were nice enough to let me in, show me around the office, yeah. show me what they were up to, and then send me on my way. <laughs> and But it was like, it was just a thing that just went, knocked on the door. I was like, hi, big fan of yours. I'd love to work here. Like, yeah, come in, have a look around. This is what we do. This is what we're doing. We're currently working on this. This looks pretty cool. All right, off you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I, I never got a job there. Probably never will. But it was a cool little experience to have when you're 19. And, and now that I'm older, I can respect that you probably wouldn't take a 19-year-old kid off the street who's got zero experience and doesn't know what they're doing. But at the time, it was it was cool. Like, it was just fun. That's a, that's a- bravery like that. that's, that's like uh, to, go, to go just walk up there and just knock on the door that's what happens when you've got a Greek mother who's yeah. just <laughs> my mum always say like people aren't going to come and knock on your door yeah. just because you're George like you have to you have to go out there so I was like alright well, that's, 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 that's funny that's the same with uh, social media though isn't it I think I think on the internet you still have to go and knock on people's email addresses you still have to go and email people to try and get contacts mm. or follow the right people or start messaging conversing with the right people yeah, yeah. If you're just putting stuff in your account and not messaging anyone and not building these relationships, then it's not happening. Yeah, but I also am a big like I'm a big believer in um, fate and sort of you you will be where you need to be when you need to be there. And like, a, a perfect example is is just us now right on this podcast was like I met Matt at an event last November yeah. and had long been an admirer of his work because I saw his cover that he did for the Londoner magazine and yeah. I really loved it like I've got a whole folder on my phone of Instagram stuff that I've saved and that is one of them and so when I met Matt I was like oh, I really really love that cover and you know we got to chat and then he did your podcast and I met up with him again I was like oh how you know how did you get upon that and you know he just told me about you and the podcast and I was like oh that'd be really cool and he goes oh you should get in contact with him I'm like okay so I did, yeah. And you know, now we're here chatting. Like, had I not just taken that initiative to be like, "Oh, hi," I'd be really keen to have a chat about art and illustration as well. We wouldn't be sitting here right. having this chat, and we wouldn't have been able to meet and you know share experiences with everyone. And I think that's what it is. If you're gonna, like, I respect that there's a lot of people in this world who have have phobias and anxiety and 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 things like that. And I'm very fortunate to not be. To not be afflicted by any of those things but i think you um in this industry and any industry of any creative nature you have to put yourself out there and you will you will meet the right people when you're meant to meet them and they'll want to meet you back right if if you're you know if you're supposed to i really am a big believer in that yeah that kind of thing yeah i think it makes sense it does i think uh yeah, and and then having the patience to, to not be rushing into anything, and I think um yeah, messaging people and making sure you messaging people. I was trying to give tangible advice and try and um try. I, I can't. I can never really understand or give someone advice around that. I think it just is. You have to message them. There's nothing else I can really say. 
I don't think there is anything else. I think it just is, mate. You've got to, you've got to reach out to as many people as possible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now that's it. <laughs> I remember, um, like, I think when I was starting out in design, I got a mate who was, um, who, who, who is now quite a big creative director. He's working in Hong Kong, but at the time he quite a bit older than me and he was working in advertising agencies and I wanted to get into it and I just graduated and I said oh how you know how should I how do I get myself in front of these people and he simply said he goes ring up the agency and ask for the email of the Mm. art director or the creative director and I literally just did it like I rang up the reception of every single big advertising agency in the city and said can I have the email of your creative director and they just gave it to me and it was a case of hi you know this is my portfolio and I was very inexperienced I'd only just graduated I didn't even have a portfolio and quite a lot didn't get back to me some did um I got some work experience out of it and but that's the thing it's sort of like if you throw if you throw a dart at a dart like some will fall off some will stick Mm. and I think you just got to be really willing to put yourself out there and your work out there and and um a lot of the time that the personality of the artist sort of goes hand in hand with the work as well. So, you know, you can get a lot of work if, even if they might not like your work, but they might like you. And it could be that thing of like, oh, he's really great to work with. He's a lot of fun to hang out with. The work's pretty good. Like, you know, a lot of things yeah, yeah. sort of go hand in hand as well. I think the, the personality of, of phoning them up as well, it, it would definitely help. Or meet them in person before you're emailing them. Um, it probably helps as well. Rec- on the back of a recommendation is always a really good one. Um, but yeah, there's a few websites as well. If you if you, you are scared of phoning people up, mm. the one called Rocket Reach, which is really good. Which I've looked used for the podcast a couple of times. Or finding people's website uh, email addresses through oh, okay. they do it through LinkedIn and they they do it through social media accounts. I don't know how. I'm pretty sure it's legal, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. It's called Rocket Reach. So if you if you want to find out if people's email addresses, but um, but yeah, it, it, it's yeah. I'd like to say putting yourself out there. There you go. Yeah important um, I was going to ask you about uh, sort of you mentioned earlier on about um, artists putting uh, so you said it was like a competition but it, it was sort of submitting suggestions what was that website off of said? Creative Brew yeah not Collective, Collective Brew sorry. Collective Brew yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about uh, competitions and what you think about that um, illustration competitions because it's a bit of a hot topic at the moment with a lot of even football clubs and uh, a lot of well, Glastonbury and the Guardian are using it at the moment for a, for a competition, which is um, a bit of a hot topic in the illustration world. A lot of illustrators think that you shouldn't be uh, using yeah. using them to get work because it's undermining the artist. And yeah, what, was, what are your thoughts? Well, on that? the collective brew one's not a competition per yeah. se. It's more of a it's an artist submission. Yeah, and um, that one, for from what I understand, is they they must have connections to quite a lot of breweries, and they'll put the artwork out there, and you get paid for it so if your if your artwork does get selected and it goes on a can you'll get paid so how is that for different that can. for, a, for um, competition sorry how is that, how's that different from the competition sort of side of it well I don't I don't think it's a competition per se like I've done um, I've entered some where and, and these are the ones I really hate is I've entered some in the past where you do your artwork and then you have to get your friends to vote oh right yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. that that I find is just a popularity contest and has nothing to do with the art at all and um, like I, I did one some years ago and it was a Paul McCartney related one and the reason I did it is because the artwork was supposedly going to be seen and judged by him but then the caveat was 
you had to get an X amount of votes to get to that point. So it was just sort of saying to your friends, please vote for me, please vote for me, please vote for me. And in order for them to vote, they had to go and like their Facebook page and sign up to this and that. So it was just a complete scam to get, you know, more people liking their page and had nothing to do with skill or talent whatsoever. Whereas this one, it's they're not saying you create any new are saying just upload a work that you've done that you think would work and it's not voted on by your friends or or pushed in any way it's just you and them and if it works if it, they like it it'll go somewhere you'll get paid mm. so I, I wouldn't call it a competition because i don't think you're up against anyone for a first second third place it's um it's actually like an opportunity for for a paid job on on something like i said i wanted to do the beer can stuff so that seemed like a really cool avenue to go down um with the competitions i mean there's some great ones like the poster spy for example do some great ones where they have creative briefs and there is a first second and third cash prize and you know that's really cool because i think that's encouraging people to make art there's no voting as in like there's no like getting your friends to vote for you it's it's done purely on merit and is puts your work in front of studios and things but then the ones that i don't like i think like the glastonbury one was um you, you don't get paid or you get a one-off flat fee so yeah only if you win it yeah if you win it yeah. yeah and you know i find and then they keep the rights to your work as well yeah and yeah see that kind of stuff is a bit more of a scam than helping an artist you just gotta think how many people lend for example the same they're using as a talent house who are the same people that Watford Football Club did the, they're doing a relo- uh, logo redesign I did enter it but um, yeah I can see why people don't like it I can mm. see why people a lot of artists and illustrators are against uh, using those sort of websites and huge companies that could go and find someone but they're a bit a bit lazier on the lazy side where they're just trying to get as many people as possible it makes total sense from a business point of view You got to, if you're looking at it from both sides they they are doing the thing that suits them the best um Potentially, although you, you might get some better illustrators that aren't entering it because they think it's against um, morals. It, it makes a lot of sense from an artist's point of view as well, in a way, because you're getting your work potentially seen by someone quite big, or even used by, like, say, what for football club or yeah. whoever it is. So I, I can get it from a young artist's point of view, especially if they're a fan of of the subject matter. Yeah, to be like, oh, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to get my work seen or potentially used by this football club that I love or, or whatever it is but the place things like that can afford to you know if they can pay players mm. ridiculous amounts of money to roll around on the floor <laughs> pretending yeah. to cry they can definitely pay they don't turn us into rugby versus football thing yeah <laughs> the men's game <laughs> but they can definitely pay a, a young illustrator or designer yeah um, some decent money or even a royalty or some or something just to some good some goodwill towards them as opposed to like oh well, we're going to use that on everything mm. and you know i think oh, i think it was the guy who did the rolling stones logo got paid 50 50 pounds it was an art student yeah and like, that logo is everywhere they could yeah. afford to pay yeah pay some decent money for that but same with the nike logo i think i think the, the woman who did it was um was it 14 dollars something really small yeah yeah we hear weird stories like that all the time it's, yeah it's, uh, I've been doing it forever yeah it's, it's strange and I don't know 
because you're not going to people like myself in, in this situation where you are trying to get as much work done as possible and I'm, I'm making my own work up as I go along and I thought it'd be good to enter that competition anyway I think it's competition but the, whatever you want to call it because um, it's, one it's good for my portfolio because I've got that in my portfolio now I've created a new logo that I like and I, I can use it um, and say that I've entered it but I can understand why at different levels it's, it does harm the industry but also uh, when you're a bit older and a bit more established you don't need to do that stuff and I can understand why I'd be a bit more annoyed about it but when you're a younger illustrator or creative it might make a bit more sense to start entering those things but yeah. um, but uh, it's, it's hard because levels it's got a few levels to it because you've got ones of nice nice designs and like, really low down ones where it's so subjective and they're not just because you're a better artist you, you're being chosen by someone that has got literally no idea whereas if you're being if you're doing it via a bigger company then they've got a bit more of an idea I think on, on styles and quality of work um, so I stay away from Fiverr and 99 Designs, but um, I don't know where I'm taking this. But yeah. Oh, yeah, no, Fiverr, that's, uh, oh, that's just terrible. I've got a mate who got a logo done by that, and it was just, like, yeah, it was just absolutely appalling. Yeah. I was like, well, you got what you paid for. That's but, it, you do. You do get what you pay for. But yeah, I just, there is something about it that the, the, uh, the big brands are, they are taking advantage of this injury a little bit. Yes. But... I don't know. But they could they could pay an agency yeah. to do it as well. So yeah, there is a moral grey area there, certainly. Because on one hand they're like, oh, we're boosting young creatives, but on the other hand, ripping them off at the same time. It's such a good thing for for them as well. It's, it's such a big benefit for them. So I can see why they're doing it. Yeah. So it's hard. It's actually sort of hard to be annoyed at them. I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause it, if you if you put yourself in their shoes, their, their shoes it makes so much sense from a business point of view to go and do that uh, whereas you would get because Watford had 4,000 4, people into that yeah crazy and uh, yeah probably get something similar for the Glastonbury thing and the Guardian not that I'm telling people to do it but I don't know I, I'm just trying to develop my idea of, of what my thoughts are actually on this because I'm very two-sided about it I'm very up and, up and down like a seesaw on that yeah topic. it might it might be worth seeking out someone who um yeah was involved in it for a future podcast just see what the experience was even if one of the winners just to hear what, yeah, what the experience to. was like because um, I think you you'd only be able to make a really good valid conclusion based on the experience of someone who won it who, yeah. who won it or, or placed in it because they might know they might have said oh it was a great experience like once you won it opened the doors to you know that, that thing of like okay they might not have gotten the money but it opened the doors to maybe like Chelsea Foot Club yeah, um, yeah. approaching them or Arsenal or anything like that or it might have been Potentially. they got blacklisted completely and was like oh god we don't want any association <laughs> so you, it, it'd be, it would be really interesting to chat with the person who wins yeah. just to know sort of if it showed up any other avenues for them or if it didn't and, and what the outcome was afterwards I'm, I've still got fingers crossed I haven't announced to win it yet so I'm hoping I'm still in it but oh, <laughs> I doubt it but we'll see yeah um, yeah actually that'd be really cool to see see that uh, and have a chat with the person uh, but yeah still because I know a lot of other illustrators I know Matt Roth's got very strong opinions on this topic and a lot of other illustrators do like Dave Will but um, yeah that'll be concluded in another episode my thoughts on this topic yep <laughs> uh, okay so wrapping this stuff up um, last couple of questions What's your, your best advice for younger creatives? Oh man, just just do it. Just just get in there and and, and do it. I, 
would be the best advice I got. Just surround yourself with whatever whatever makes your brain tick. Um, like I said, for me, it's music, film are probably the biggest thing, comics as well. Everyone's different, but just surround yourself with whatever it is that, that makes your brain tick in that way and just just do it. There's no, there's no wrong answer. Mm. There, there is no, nothing you can do that's wrong. So just get stuck in and just do it. There you go. I always wanted to get a just do a tattoo, but then I thought, well, now Nike that claimed it, can't really, <laughs> I can't really get a Nike yeah. tattoo. <laughs> you don't have to do it with Nike shoes on. You can do it yeah, with like, yeah, yeah, yeah. flip flops on or boots <laughs> or whatever. But just yeah. But that would be my advice. Is like there, there is nothing in this world holding you back. So just put your head down if you want to create something. Um, just make make it happen. Just just get out there and and do it. Nice. Uh, what's your best purchase under a hundred pounds? Um, my best purchase under a hundred pounds was a concert ticket um, to my favourite band UMI on the eleventh of May two thousand one. Um, <laughs> nice. Because that when when I retrospectively look back at my at my life in at my adult life in a creative way, that's the night where I can pinpoint it all began. Like I, I remember I went to this gig, uh, a friend of mine, an old, who was older, who I worked with in, in the food court, said, oh, there's this band, you, you know, you'd love them. And, and when you're 17, 18, you, you listen to the kids who are 22 because they're, they're the big kids. <laughs> and I was like, all right, yeah, let's go. So we got, so got tickets to this gig and my young mind was absolutely blown that night. Like it was this rough and ready rock and roll band came on the... With the loud guitars and they were windmilling like the who and jumping and swearing and nice. but the music itself was just so creative like the lyrics were brilliant and and um that was that that was just that moment when that gig finished i was like oh, this is what i want to do <laughs> this is what I, I want to be involved in this in some way shape or form yeah. and that just led me on this path of like buying records um listening to music you know, reading certain books, um, just like it, it just led me down this path of like literature and art and music that had I have not attended that gig would, wouldn't have happened. Mm. And it's just, uh, it just sort of began this avalanche of just like expanding like a creative mind into, into various things. And yeah, so definitely my, that was my best purchase. Nice. Great answer. Um, apart from sort of just do it and, uh, and put yourself out there, have you got any other life advice? Life advice? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll get a bit deeper then towards the end of the podcast. Yeah, life advice. Um, oh, well, my, my motto has always been make it happen. Okay. That's what yeah. I always say about things. So um, I, that kind of falls under the whole like, just do it thing as well. But look, life advice, just, just be a good, good person. It's like there's no there's a lot of there's a lot of bad people in this world and we don't need more and it's really easy to be nice yeah it's it is really really easy it's a lot easier than being mean so yeah my life advice is just just be friendly and just take your take your shot at whatever you're doing like if you're if you want to make a film you want to make a record you want to draw a picture but whatever it is just do it, it doesn't hurt anyone it, it's if anything it's bringing something nice into the world and yeah just just have fun that's it that's it's great. creatives isn't it we, we, we've got this opportunity to 
to make things and and bring stuff out of nothing out of our brain yeah that's it that's true like there's um i mean every every creator is different and i I don't know what everyone else process like but when you just have that thing in your head and it's just it's just sort of like scratchy to get out when you do get out there there's that satisfaction so Mm -hmm. much and but it comes from things like you just gotta things like traveling things like going out there talking to people meeting people just put yourself out there just have fun just be nice and you would be surprised that the doors that just open up as yeah. a result absolutely absolutely uh how do you want to be remembered is the last question how do i want to be remembered yeah. um that's a good question i want to be remembered as just a good bloke creative genius <laughs> um no it's just a just a good good bloke right good good bloke who just enjoyed his time while he was here awesome. yeah that's pretty much it can't ask for more really absolutely hey, good bloke you wait 40 minutes at the train station for me <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no uh, complaints no thank you very much for doing this uh, where can people find you on social media and check out your work yeah so I'm on Instagram mainly I'm also on Facebook and Twitter I don't use that as much but if you just look at at, at made by George um, you can also find me at madebygeorge.com but it's made-by-george.com um, but yeah my social media is madebygeorge you can find me on all of them nice one thank you very much cool. thank you very much nice one thank you Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Crazy Waffle Podcast, the first one on the tour. Uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Let me know if you did. Uh, share it around on social media. Give it a thumbs up. Uh, wherever you are listening, give it a five-star review. Uh, whatever, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, really, really does help the podcast to grow and get known by other people. Um, if you know, and if you've never uh, spoken to me or never messaged me, or, ne- or can't speak, or if we've never messaged each other, um, say hi. Come on, let's, let's get a conversation going. Uh, at Blue Dead Design uh, on, on Instagram and social media at Creative Waffle as well so yeah, say hello leave a comment down below uh, go and check out the event down in the description as well I'm really excited about that uh, November the 15th in London hopefully you can make it hopefully we can, we can meet up uh, and also yeah thank you very much for awesome most for helping us out with the uh, podcast tour and live event and giving us a bit of funding and I'll see you next week for another episode of the Creative Waffle podcast